Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Hello there, friends. Misty Jane here, and I am interrupting my own podcast episode before it even begins because I need to chat with you about something very, very important. So basically, as a life and money coach for hairstylists, one of the things that I see within my members and within my clients is a lack of confidence around financial decisions, right? Or a lack of confidence around communicating around money in general. A lot of times, money is just a sticky subject, and it has a fuck ton to do with our mindset. So I have created a free masterclass where I am teaching you the three secrets to becoming a cash confident stylist. This is for you if you are sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck and you are ready to open up your mind to a new way of financial peace, not just in your business, but also in your life. So join me for this free master's class Sunday, October 16th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Zoom. And I'm going to be sharing all the secrets as well as filling you in on how we can work together to build your cash confidence. Head on over to the link in my bio on Instagram at underscore Misty Jane underscore. Get yourself registered. I promise this is one that you do not, I repeat, do not want to miss. Now, continue and enjoy this kick-ass episode. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Samantha. Samantha is a salon owner, a hairstylist, and she also is the owner of an online boutique called You Are New Image. And let me tell you, the clothes are cute. I will be linking all of the information where you can shop on her online store, um, where you can find her on Instagram at Samantha Landon. 
on Instagram. I always want to say .com, but that's because uh, I'm old. <laughs> um, but I will be linking everything below. And today, her and I are talking all about how to talk about money. And I'm not talking about like having a money conversation. I'm talking about words that we can use that do not undervalue things, that do not make people... Um, feel uncomfortable when it comes to perceived value of an item or a service. So we're really talking about language around communicating value. Now this is a really awesome podcast because it's something that we have not talked about just yet. So I really, really, really hope that you enjoy this. Um, if you like it, do not forget to go and give her a follow, tag all of the people, you know, all, you know all of the things, okay? Any way that you can get this podcast out into the world um, and share it with your friends, fellow stylists, um, shit, people who aren't even stylists can benefit from this po podcast, let's be real. Um, but I 100% appreciate it. And a quick reminder, if you are listening to this the day that it came out, the three secrets to becoming a cash confident stylist free masterclass is happening this Sunday, October 16th at one o'clock. So please, 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 if you have not registered and you want to become a cash confident stylist and know all of the secrets, do not forget to do that. Um, and with that being said, enjoy the episode. Hi, Sam, my beautiful friend. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm waking up, drinking some coffee, loving life. You know, it's been a fab week, busy week. Good. How are good. you doing? Apparently Mercury is in like retrograde or like there's like six planets going backwards or some shit. So like, it's like, I know. like have you texted anyone? Everyone's like, don't respond to any messages that say I miss you. I'm like, holy moly I've gotten like five of them I miss you I'm like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> so somebody told me yesterday I think actually Crystal I think told me yesterday that when the planets are spinning backwards you have a tendency to roll back into old habits oh shit I thought that was very interesting but before we start today we're actually going to talk about how we word things around money right so like the verbiage around um, what you find value in. And, but before we begin, um, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Samantha Nicole. I own an online store called Your New Image and I live in El Paso, Texas. So we have an in-store and salon and spa here in El Paso. And so, yeah, I, uh, I love to dress women. I love designing jewelry and shopping for women. So it's been an evolution ready to, to have, which I think is crazy because I owned a salon first and our sign was hair, beauty, confidence. And who knew that the confidence was going to evolve into fashion. <laughs> so yes. I'm excited about it. Well, I love that because I feel like confidence is so many different aspects, right? You know, 100%. I mean, even yeah. this podcast, we've switched it to the cash confidence stylist because I feel like that in itself can be so many different things. It doesn't necessarily even have to be about money. Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, I've learned a lot from your podcast on just different verbiage and different ways of adjusting um, my lifestyle, I feel too. And I think um, this is such a beautiful podcast. And I think that I wish I had this open like like to open my horizon seven years ago when I opened our business, you know? Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit about the verbiage. What, it, what kind of things do you, um, 
what have you changed in the way that you say things? Like, I know for me, I try not to say I can't afford it anymore. I try to say, oh, it's just not a financial priority or um, I'm working on making it happen rather than saying I can't afford it. Because saying I can't afford it means I'm not even going to try, right? Like if, if I, oh, I can't afford it. So why would I even like put money aside or why would I like, no, it's really just not a priority. So let's be real. Um, so what are some things like, or things that you even hear that you, you wish people would kind of switch around when they're talking about money or value in something? I think, um, because we always, always network with so many different people. And I feel like my value in something that is important to me, isn't always going to be the value to someone else. And I feel like it could be, I don't ever want to insult someone else. Um, even emotionally, not mentally, and I don't want to impact their day, right? Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think as we all have um, evolved, I feel like in the world, I think this is like a, a TikTok and Instagram and a, just kind of like a cultural thing. I think that I have loved to watch what I say and kind of just say like, if I didn't really want to hear that, I probably wouldn't say that either. So um if we're saying, oh, we're going on vacation um, this month, and they're like, where are you going on vacation? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to um, Cancun, Tulum. And they're like, oh, okay, well, it's too, that's too expensive for me. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, no, girl, you know, we got it such a great, we got it at such a great price. These are the things, the things, the things. I think I just say, oh, um, well, we, you know, love our vacation. We planned, we planned this beautiful vacation and it's something that is important to me and my family. And so that is what we're doing this year, you know, and kind of just circle around to that because there's times where I spend a good amount of money on certain things. And sometimes it's um, inexpensive to other people. Right. Yes. And, you know, and to me, I'm like, holy moly. Well, I think that couch it was a pretty penny, <laughs> right? You know, that's so, yeah. That's so true. I mean, this it makes me think about when I when I get something like at Marshalls for like five dollars, and somebody's like, "I love that shirt," and I'm immediately like, "I got it for five dollars." <laughs> but <laughs> but if I bought it for like fifty dollars, I don't say mm -hmm. a damn thing. I just say thank you, and it's yeah. almost like I'm I'm. I want people to know that I didn't spend a lot of money for some reason. And I, 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 this is something I've dived into with myself because why, why does that matter? Right? Like if I buy a $150 pair of Lululemon lemon leggings, cause I love them. What does it matter if the person that says they like my leggings thinks they're expensive or not? Right? Like True. To me, yeah. they're, they're worth the value. So it's almost like we have to like, prove to people around us in some way that we're either able to afford it or not able to afford it. Cause I think we bring ourselves down a little bit sometimes when it comes to money, you know, like, like I said, I'm guilty of that. Like, I don't want to say I spent a lot of money on something. I'm like, no, I got it for cheap. That's why it's cute. And I have it, which is stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just goes back, to, it goes back to like emotion and, and, underlining things that we have with money right and you do you do a lot of this that you talk about this and on your pod and um for me I feel like no I I know I sometimes things are going to be at equal value to somebody or not and sometimes things that would have took me 10 years to get would have took someone else two years to get 
Mm-hmm. But it does not matter. And I think that we should watch those actions of ours because there's people who are coming out, let's say just for coming out of beauty school, right? And beauty school and they're go get a curling iron or a blow dryer. And I'm like, oh, you should go grab this brand. I think they're amazing, right? But entitled to that brand, we know that brand costs $400, right? Mm-hmm. I could just say, hey, go get this brand. It's very, very good. And then they can choose it versus me saying, hey, you know what? It's This brand is amazing and their blow dryer is only $300. Well, only $300 could be very expensive to somebody or it could be not expensive at all. But nothing should be really tied to money. It should just be on how you feel about the product. It should be about what you want from the product and what it can achieve. And this could be any as far as clothes, a blazer and anything, because I and and I'm going to say a a different luxury brand. Right. Gucci um, years ago, they had this thing where people were copying their bags and I'm sure people still copy their bags. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's always going to (laughs) happen. Right. Said, who cares? Who cares? Because at the who cares? At the end of the day, you're buying a luxury leather bag. And after you swipe the credit card, and once once you stop thinking about the price, you will always have a leather bag. And whoever and the clientele that we're going for is a person who wants a leather bag. Now, if other people are copying the bag, who cares? Because they're going to get that bag. And if that's the value they want for that bag. And it says our name on it. It doesn't matter to me. It's still an advertisement. Yeah. And it's still, and it's still, it's still there it's still not their bag one. And two, it's what that person thought found value for that. Right. Yeah. I thought that was so crazy that a huge corporation would think like that. Um, one, I thought super cool. Second, if someone is shopping for my online store, I never want anyone. I want someone to see our models because we have versatile models. We have people who are very petite and people, well, petite sizes and we have other sizes. Right. And confident sizes. And I want to say, Hey, you know what? I'm the owner and I wear a size five and I'm four eleven, and you're going to feel confident in this outfit. And someone is thinking, Oh shoot, I will feel confident. And they're going to buy the look, not the price. They're not thinking well, about Exactly. And if you think about so many, okay. I always use a hotel as an example, right? You have a very inexpensive hotel. You have a medium priced hotel and you have a very high hotel. Okay. I don't even have to say the prices, right? Because I, I, you can just look, you can go on Expedia right now and see. And I, for me personally, I usually pick somewhere in the middle because I don't want the low price. Cause to me, that is like, nope, it's going to be gross. It's not going to be in the best location, whatever the high price. I don't need all that. I'm just sleeping in a bed. Like to me, I don't even like have to like look into it that much. I base my hotel choice off of the price. And it's my perception of what that price actually means. Now you might look and go, okay, this higher one perception, that's going to be great automatically without even like, I mean, I do look at reviews and pictures, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like the perception of value same with like the iPhone. Can I get a Samsung for cheaper? Probably. Would it do the same thing? My phone? Yeah. I look on Instagram and call people, but I like an iPhone and I'm going to pay extra for the convenience. Like for me, the value is there. Right. So like we value things so differently. Um, and there's no right or wrong. There isn't. And I think that is what we have 
to change. Even for me, I, I think for a long time, I've had to work on that myself because again, different units and pricing is for different people. And it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, um, for example, I went into a restaurant two days ago, right? And I'm eating at the restaurant. She doesn't know I'm a online store. She doesn't know I'm a nothing. Okay. I'm just eating there, hanging out. And she's like, Oh, um, you know, what are you going to do after this? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go do some hair and stuff. She's like, Oh, you're a hairdresser. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, Oh, you know, I just don't ever, you know, go do my hair or anything. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, why is that? And she's like, Oh, just, I don't, you know, I just don't put time into that. And I should. And I said, okay, well, yeah, you should. And and that's great. And I think that for her to know that that's cool. Also, I just feel like, um, you want, you don't want to be saying that stuff. Like, like when you're, I guess out and about, right. And she doesn't know I'm a salon owner, thankfully, but she just, I, to me, I was like, well, I'm here at your place. I come in like twice a week, three times a week. I'm putting value in food. So, and there, and that's okay. But people also put value into salon stuff, right? You have your clients. So, you know, that, so it's just finding the different people in your niche who are going to find that value in your, in your space. And, and that, I think that's really cool. And also creating different values for different clients. So there's a client who can um, come hang out with me for an hour and it's going to pay a hundred dollars. Right. And we're going to do a couple of things. And then there's a client who can come in, hang out with me for three hours and um, it's going to pay a different price. Right. But you brought something up two weeks ago who said, if a client wants to come in and hang out with you for an hour and a half and they're on a time limit, well, they're not really hanging out. We're working kind of fast. So those clients pay a little bit more. And so that is something that I do because there's clients who want to be in, in and out of here for, you know, an, an in and out luxury experience. Yeah. So, but, so what Sam is talking about, I posted something um, recently about how not everyone wants to say money. Some people want to say time. And I, I talked about this because I have had a couple conversations with stylists who have said that they cannot charge more because they're fast. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have like, I'm a very slow foiler. I've always been a slow stylist. I'm, I own it. I just am. Um, my clients like it. They, they want to come in and relax and chat and like, you know, whatever. Um, but not everyone likes it. Like I still probably have 25% of my clients that would probably pay me double to be faster, (laughs) you know, because time is a luxury and even, and this is another one that gets me too, is I'll hear people's, um, you'll read in comments, right. About charging hourly. And people would be like, well, what if you have, what if you don't, you know, you say it's going to be two hours, they book two hours and then you're, you're done early. Like, are they going to question it? It's like, no, they're going to thank you because they, you just gave them back time because they thought they were going to sit in the salon for two hours. And now they have 15 extra minutes to go and do something that they maybe needed to do or can knock off their, whatever. Like, so we forget that like time is also valued as well. You know, I think time and money are, are our two, um, I guess, biggest assets essentially. Yeah. And I, I think you're not wrong. I also feel like sometimes um, we're coming from such a young perspective. We both have been doing hair for such a very long time. So my confidence um, of value and time and energy is kind of like, it's important to me. So I'm like, okay, um, we're, 
are you have a day off? Are you like, those are the questions that I, I ask my clients every four weeks when I see them, because I see them on a regular basis. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing after the shop? Are we hanging out at home? So I know exactly how to set them up. Are we drinking wine during the day? Or are we drinking coffee? You know, right. but those are important to the client and to me. And I've been doing their hair for so long. So we set up the experience for them. If my client tells me, hey, you know what? I got to be out of here at 1130 because I have to pick up the kids early today. To me, I know it's coffee. I got to, you know, we're going to be there. Well, we're always on time, but I'm going to be working fast today and talking and still giving them a luxury experience and they pay more, you know, and they love it because they're in and out and they know they're going to be in and out. They're not ever rushing to their next thing. And yeah, I mean, I... I love it. I think it's a valuable thing and it's important to me, but also because me and you have grown such big niches that when I get feedback outside of like our bubble out of our own niches, I'm like, Oh, wow. I mean, okay. Yeah. I I understand that. Like, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe she won't be my next client, the restaurant owner, but maybe when she comes, maybe when I go see her next and I go buy lunch, I can take her like a little spa kit you know, mm-hmm. and something oh, that she can, yes. you know, so my thing is like, how can I, how can I make her life easier? And I think that is a beautiful thing. If salon owners and business owners, entrepreneurs can create something that is more convenient for the person and kind of niche to them, but still show them that, um, it's still like a spot is still valuable at home mm-hmm. from, a would be cool. Well, and even like her, her kind of voicing to you that she does not necessarily value hair care. Right. And there's people out there that I don't get my nails done. I don't give a shit about my nails. I love my lashes though. I'm at my lash appointment every six weeks. Like, you know what I mean? Like just, but you just, if say you brought her that, like you have just upped a value of something that she thought there was no value in because you just made her smile. You made her day. How many people that work in a restaurant get a gift? You know, like, so you have just taken something that she doesn't value and you have like added value to her life just by doing that. And I think that right there, even if she never walks in, even if she's never a client, like you just brighten somebody's day and she's going to talk about you. Oh, I have this girl that comes in. She owns a salon. Like, um, you know, say somebody's talking about her friend or something's talking about her hair. And like that right there can lead somewhere. Not that you should do things, kind things to get something out of it, but um, stuff like that goes a really, really long way. And just because she doesn't necessarily want to spend hundreds of dollars on her hair, doesn't mean that like what she does value isn't as important. Yes. And also it, you, you have a mind shift. So like that, like that is what, what I'm, what I'm trying to change. So just, just because it's not as important to her, doesn't mean that we can't make something into like a different point of view. Right. Because yes. maybe she doesn't know, you know, maybe also she doesn't, she doesn't know that what this lifestyle is, you know, and we we're, and we were talking about like budget for, for me, me and my wife, got, we've married, we got married very, very young. Uh, we were in college. We were on a, on a, on a budget, but the budget, what we were working for was still very important to us. Right. And so every month I would write down, I remember, you know, being single for six years, single mom. And I remember, putting our money together and said, okay, the things that are important to me 
are my hair extensions, my hair, my nails, my, uh, and a whole outfit. I want a whole outfit every month. I've been doing this for the past six years alone. I don't want to lose it because I'm getting married. And, and I just have time- to interrupt for one second, because if you're ever around Sam, Sam is like a Barbie doll. Like she is dressed to the nines, even when she's like in her PJs. Like- <laughs> so funny. But Thank go ahead. You. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, but it just, that stuff is important to me and it has always been important to me. It doesn't matter if my, my budget has grown, but you can always be on a budget at any point and still have things that are important to you. And I think that is, is what we find value in certain aspects in our life. And I had always met women before. And I think that's before I had a niche, before I had a clientele. I was having women who were like, oh, they would do their hair. They would do their hair. And then when they would get married, they would stop. Mm. And then I, because they were like, oh, their husbands, like they would stop getting ready. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my clientele. No, 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 no. I need to change this. I need to change this because I am going to get ready forever. I am never going to not stop getting ready. You know? So my, my people are going to be like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Even at the gym, my hair is done. I don't know. So I believe it. I did my hair just for you today. Normally I look a hot mess on my podcasts. <laughs> um, well, and I, I like to do a little mental shift. There is like being on a budget. I always try to have people, you don't, you do not, you are not on a budget. You have a budget. Your budget is a tool. So when you say like, I'm on a budget, that right there sounds restrictive. That sounds like I'm not allowed to spend money where if you have a budget as a tool, you can put whatever the fuck you want in there. You want to buy a Gucci bag every month? Great. If it fits in your budget, put it on there. So instead of actually restricting you where you like, you know, it's actually giving you permission to spend. Yes, I agree. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense to me now. I have a budget. (laughs) Yes. You're not on a budget. You have a budget budget and girls let me tell you I think it's just so important that we take care of ourselves even salon owners I feel the first year I owned a salon or the first three years we we I just was not taking care of myself you know mentally emotionally physically and I think you also get married to a business and we stopped taking care of ourselves. You know, I stopped like buying clothes and I had never had never had stopped doing that. I'd stopped doing, not that I stopped doing my hair because I, I did hair. I just wasn't doing it as much as I was doing it when I was just a stylist behind the chair. It sounds so silly, but you just get into this, like this thing of feeding your business and like taking care of the people and taking care of the people that you learn that I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. Um, but I think it, it was a good, it was a good wake up call and a good um, shift. And, um, you know, I've lost about, I don't know, I mean, a lot of weight in the past two years and just remembering to eat and take a break and not taking clients, like all that stuff is super important. And I wish I would have learned that maybe you just, it takes the road, right? Takes mm-hmm. the road and yeah. you do. But let's let's talk about how your values change over those times. Right. Because I know for me, I think two years ago, I would have never paid to get my groceries delivered. That's ridiculous. I can go to the grocery store. It's fine. Now I haven't walked in a grocery store in like six months. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, so I think that our values shift as our life shifts, or at least they should, because, you know, if I was still in that place where like, I'm rushing to the grocery store, like that it's a quality of life that did not, would not serve me where that's, it, 
serves me. I, I agree. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. But cause you can trade time, you can trade money for time back. And essentially that's what a lot of things are or, or even buying clothes that make you feel good. You know, now I'm all about like value-based spending. So like you have to find the things that make you truly feel good. Cause I think the problem arises when somebody buys something and then like it shows up at their door and they're like, I don't even remember buying that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that right there is like, like a different, it's an unintentional emotional spending. Whereas like, you're only buying things that elevate your life that like bring you joy like you and that's personal i cannot tell you what that is for for anyone you know yeah. that's something that i help my clients with is like what what do you value you know like if you were one of my clients okay we got to put clothes we got to put like we have to find it in the budget if you have to give something up financially for those things what would that be maybe you don't care about coffee that much maybe you don't care about going out to eat you know what i mean like if, if that's the situation, but I think that finding what you truly value and eliminating the things that are just like filling a void. Yes. Is the key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you because I feel like, um, we don't, um, I don't, I think that for me, I feel like with what you're saying, we don't, and I'm going to say this on, on, on here and we're in retrograde. So I'm going to knock on wood really quickly. (laughs) But I think for our online store, we've been very, very, very blessed and lucky. We don't have a lot of exchanges or returns ever. And the reason why is because I feel like we, people are selling value in each item jewelry clothes that when people actually get the stuff in front of them they're excited to wear it immediately it is a confidence boost for them it's a lifestyle thing for them they're not buying it because oh my god it's new arrivals and we got to get it quick and it's just like their thing no they're getting it because they're like i saw that model wearing it and it looks fucking great and i want to wear it and i I can't wait to go to brunch on sunday right or my meeting on tuesday like i think that stuff is so awesome for our online store and because I'm able to say this confidently confidently to you and and from my core being right like from my also like I'm telling you like when we're selling to people online and we're selling to many people it has to feel good to yeah. everybody the way hitting the way we're speaking to people the way that we're showing the clothes on people and the jewelry like it all has to feel so good and because it's our core belief and it's our why we don't have those issues as far as like, I know that people go to Target 100% of the time every week and they buy a bunch of crap, but I will tell you, they go and exchange that stuff half the time because it didn't fit right. It didn't look right, it, you know? and Or they should exchange it. Because yeah, that's should. actually a big thing. People don't exchange it and then it sits there and like, it's just, that's where the guilt comes in. Like you've just spent money on shit that you don't even know what you spent on and it's still in your closet. You've never yeah. worn it. Just because you're walking through Target and it was a pretty color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And um, yeah, so I, I'm really happy with what we have built. And I really love that even for me as an owner, we can change those verbiage because again, we have tops that are $25 and that is somebody's um to me, I always say these are the people who work from nine to five. They work all the time. They're entrepreneurs. They're constantly, they're, they're like, they're putting in the hours under, you know, 
somebody or working at a corporation and they work hard. And so I want to value their money. And so when they buy a top for $25 or a top for $55, I want them to understand that they're putting their money into a business who's also going to be responsible and understands that we respect that their, um, their hard earned money is come is being valued at, and, mm-hmm. You know, and their $25 can be everything that they have that is rest, the rest of their budget, you know? Yeah. And it's so, it's so true that experience makes such a big difference, right? Like I know like anytime I order something online, if there's like a handwritten note in it, I'm just like, oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And it can literally be like printed or something, you know, or like, you know, it doesn't have to be that fancy because I think we're so used to like Amazon. We get this big, ridiculous box with this tiny thing that we ordered in it. And it's like not exciting anymore. Like I used to be so excited when I got something in the mail, you know? So it's like buying from small businesses makes me so happy because it's just so different. Like, it's just such a different feeling. Like you, you literally feel like you are like buying yourself a meal, buying you a meal. You know what I mean? Like the owner, a meal. I don't know. It's it like, it's a different kind of value in my mind, um, And I really, really love that. And I think of salons kind of the same way, right? Like, how do you feel when you walk into a salon? And if for the stylists that are listening, how do you make your clients feel? Do they feel like they're just in and out because they want their roots done? Do they feel like they're being empowered the whole time? So like for me, like I want my clients to leave feeling good on the inside just as much as on the outside. Actually, I mean, of course I want them to love their hair, but I don't give a shit about the hair. Like I want them to leave feeling empowered you know, ready to take on the world. Yeah, I think it's true. I think I worked with a hairdresser for the first two years of my career. And he, he mentioned, he's like, it's when he was teaching, he's like, it doesn't matter what the hair looks like at all. Okay. It matters what they feel like. So as you continue to grow and you're going to make mistakes in the beginning, as long as they felt good for the whole hour, your hair doesn't you it doesn't need it doesn't matter what it looks like they will continue to come back and you will learn from those mistakes that was so powerful for me then um years and years ago that I still use that in my core value system because I think that shoot there's going to be days where I don't feel good or not or not or not be my 100% but if I'm at least my 100% during those two hours I'm with them it will be fine and then I can feel like shit at home there's always a time and a place (laughs) But it's so true. I mean, it's it, it. This whole conversation is around feeling, right? Yeah. And I and I feel like that's been a huge topic on this podcast the past two years, really, because you and I are in the same um, high powered academy group, and that's essentially what it's all about: is what what is going to make us feel good, what is gonna what is gonna feel good to us in our life. Not saying that we don't have to do hard things or work hard, but are we working hard for something that feels good? Are we spending money on things that feel good? Are we, you know, putting our time into things that feel good? Um, because I think if we're not, we're, it's, it's kind of a waste of our lives. Yeah. And our lives are so short. I'm also on, on chemo and, um, for, for my lupus. And so for me, I just feel at this point, I'm 35 years old. I just feel and I've never said, I haven't really shared on social media a lot of my health aspects, but I just feel like for me, if it does not feel good now, and I'm not putting my time and energy into things, people that have value into the core being of all that I do, because 
owning a business, an online store, being a mom, having clientele, that's so much energy. It's so much time that it should feel good. And if it does not feel good, you need to be able to like walk away mm-hmm. and wish everybody well and, and, and be very happy with the systems and stuff that you have created and feel good all the time. And that is really hard. You know, because not every, not every day is going to be a happy day. Not every day you're going to wake up and be like, I'm here and I'm a happy person today. No, you just have to understand that your core choices, the way that also the the conversations a lot about verbiage, the choice, the choice of words that you're using with people are also impacting everybody in a very healthy and a very kind way. Because again, it may not have value, a lot of things for each individual as they are to me, I just never want to insult or, or, or offend anybody when it's not, it's not on their same wavelength. There's so many people in this world. You're not going to be on everyone's same wavelength. And even if you niche down, even if you niche and you like, it would be impossible for us to say that we're never going to join another group of, of amazing women who we also are going to learn, you know, because you've hung out, we've hung out so many times and and I'm not ever saying like, and you see me, I, I have, I love clothes and stuff and I love jewelry, but I'm never shoving any of those things down anyone's throat. No, you know, not at all. Look at me. Look what I have. None of us do that. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Right. No. And so I, I think that is also really super cool for other people and other hairdressers wanting to listen to your podcast and wanting to be in your community because you can come, you can come from anywhere and still feel so included, mm. you know, and talk about that are important to you. And we will still want to hear those things from you. Yeah. And I think I have learned so much from your podcast and from our group and myself individually that um, it's cool to bring these people to the table, for, you know, oh, these conversations. Absolutely. What would you say you have shifted your verbiage the most and why? Sizing one, sizing, mm-hmm. I think, was a very core thing when we opened the business three years ago. I have never ever been a like super tiny person um, or I've never really been, you know, over the size of 15. Cause when I got pregnant with our son, I went to, up to a size 13, but I think verbiage on that would be like, Oh, you look so good. You look so tiny today. Mm, or like, Oh my yes. God, great. you like working out like stuff like that is like, Oh no, why why don't we just come in and say, Oh my God, you look beautiful. I love your glowing today. I love the way you look like I love your outfit on like those three shifts for me have been super big because it's our Hispanic culture to be like, um, like maybe many years ago, I went over to a grant, my grandfather's house and he said, Oh my God, you're, you have gained some weight. You look great. But you know, it's, um, you don't want, you don't want it to be, you don't want to hear you don't that. Ever want to, no, 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 no. Women get pregnant and have children, you know, and yeah. we look beautiful. Regardless. So that well, and I think body good. shaming goes both ways. You know, I, I, I have never been a large person. Like mm-hmm. I, I've never been, I, like I'm the biggest I've ever been right now. And I would get comments about how small I was all the time. And I hated that just as much. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I, I don't, wh- why are you commenting on my body? Why does the way my body look matter to anyone? Like yeah. it, it should really, it shouldn't even fucking matter to me. I should just be happy in my skin, you know? And it's like when I was pregnant, oh my God, I wanted to punch people. 
Because <laughs> everyone yeah. wants to comment on your body when you're pregnant. Um, but it's so true. And I like the shift that's happening with the, um, I feel like body shaming is, um, I want to kind of say it's going away. I guess it's not really, but it's coming more to light, right? Like, Hey, like chill, don't say that, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like also just, just perception and the way that we're like, again, our verbiage. And so I just think if I start it and then I share that knowledge and we say that, and then someone else does it and then someone else does it. And then it'll, it'll just eventually be like a thing versus because you're right. I've had clients where I'm dressing them and they're extra, extra small. Okay. They're tiny, but they're like, I can't go to the store and I can't find this and I can't find this and I can't find this. And so we dress them and style them to where they're also very, confident in what they're wearing so it's not about this the the size it's all about um how you talk you know like you look great in this and I think this would be amazing let's try it on you know okay uh, you know what we have a belt let's grab the belt you know let's put this on and a belt for any woman any size you know so it's like we're adding something to the dress you know so anyway I just think that's really cool and another thing that I've changed is just again value like me and you go on tons of trips mm-hmm. okay when people probably see us they probably they think like oh my god they're making so much money they're charged so much they do this they do that blah blah blah, blah right mm-hmm. but our budget allows for these trips so doesn't really matter you know yeah. and and I think that is really cool because I'm like, oh, you, I just don't, don't even say anything. I'm like, oh my God, you went on a trip. It, that looked amazing. It looks so much fun. Um, I would love to go see the city that you have just visited. I've never been there. And yeah. I think that image is so awesome versus like, oh my God, like that was amazing. Did you get a deal? Like, what did you do? Tell yeah. me how you book. You know? Or even, I mean, I've had conversations with friends where they're like, well, she just went here. Like, how did she afford that? And I'm like, how do you know she afforded it? How do you know? How do you know anything? Maybe a parent bought it for them. Maybe they put it on a credit card. Maybe they saved for two years to go. Like you have no idea their financial situation. And really, why does it bother you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's back to what it makes someone feel like what like it usually is never the person doing the things. It's usually why you feel certain, a certain way about those things, because you had asked a question, I think on your page, a couple, I mean, you can give us some insight. You asked us like, um, what was one thing that you felt you could not do when you were younger? And for me, I thought I could never travel. It's, it's the, what, what, what did other, when you, Oh crap. When you were younger, what did you think that only people with money could do or have? That's what it was. So I grew up thinking I could never really travel. I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like Mary and Ashley Olsen and shooting stuff in London or in Paris. And, you know, and now we're sending, and now we are doing those things. We are in Paris and in London, but I just never thought we could really, I couldn't, well, now I'm like, well, that, you know, at 21, I, you know, you learn so much in 19, but, um, I just never really thought those things were possible. And so it's crazy to, to think like, well, you know, you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, have to tell myself you really physically cannot do that. So, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, and just, you have- just reading those comments on that was so interesting to me 
because some people said like, what, what did other kids have that you thought they had more money than you, whatever, you know? And it was like, they had a trampoline. And I was like, wait, I felt like I didn't have a lot of money. We had a trampoline. So it was interesting to me that like somebody else thought that if their friend had a trampoline, that they were wealthier than them. You know what I mean? Like it, and again, it's just perception. Does that mean anything? No, it means nothing. But like, like I, I thought the mint Milano cookies were like so expensive when I was younger <laughs> because they were in like, they were in like the, the plastic, they were in like the fancy, like cookie bag, which now I buy all the time. Cause it makes in there, not that expensive, <laughs> but, but like, it, it's so interesting reading that. Cause it's like, even now, you know, I mean, I look at some family members that I'll go to the place I get sandwiches all the time. And they're like, this is so expensive for like a $7 sandwich. And to me, I'm like, oh, it's like, it doesn't feel that expensive. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the perception of, of where someone else is and the value that they put on certain things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll use our salon. Everyone, we're kind of known for being high end, I would say, but I don't think, I don't think we're high end. I feel like we're very, we're luxury. We have luxury stuff where I feel like they pay, our clients pay two eighty five, um, maybe two forty. I don't think that's very expensive, but I, but again, that's verbiage, right? So I don't ever want to put a value on something. I just know that our experience is high end, right? Mm. So I feel like when we come in, I'm like, hey, like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to pick up a coffee for you. What kind of coffee do you want? Do you like coconut? Do you want coconut milk, almond milk? Like the experience is high end. So absolutely. Do I feel like our experience is a value? A hundred percent. And I think feeling high end is so good. And what we charge is not, it's not the point, <laughs> you know? It's well, let me experience. ask you this. Do you think experience has a specific, uh, high end. Let's just use that word. Do you think high end has a specific price tag? Okay. I'm a salon owner. So I think, yes, yes, yes. Only because if I were a stylist behind the chair, I would argue no, but I do think because, and be, I'm, I'm going to root for us salon owners. I'm, 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 this is for all of you is that when a salon owner picks a space and just because I, I, our salon, I picked for I picked an area for a lot of parking, a very beautiful parking, right? And so when people come and park into our salons on both locations, the when you get there, when you're driving to both places, it is a luxury experience. We have one salon where it's kind of like woodsy and kind of I don't know. It just it's a feeling when you get there. You feel like you're not you're on vacation when you get to that location. So it's very nice and very cute. And so I feel like that is the parking is is an experience. And our other location, our OG, she, uh, I picked her because she had a big parking lot and she had tons of trees. And so when the client parked, there was never going to be it was like a parking experience and then walking into our shop. So, so you literally thought about the moment the client drove into your salon. Yeah, both. Places. I love that. I love that. Well, that yeah. right there to me is high end. You're thinking of every aspect of the situation. Like I, I remember being in a commission salon and the girl next to me, um, I'm like one of those people that like, I like, or everything in my house is organized, but like, I'm not like super, I'm not saying my house is dirty by any means, but like, I don't notice dust as much as most people, like cleanliness. Yeah. Like, I like don't notice it. Right. But everything has to have a place like, you know, and she was like, do you ever just sit in your chair and see what the client sees? And I was like, no. 
And she sat in my chair and she was like, there's dust here. There's dust here. There's dust here. And I was like, huh. And now, I mean, this was years ago. Now I do it all the time. I will sit in my chair and I'm like, what is my client see? Oh, those look bad. I'm going to fix that. Oh, this needs to be painted. Like, and, and it's some, it's interesting because I like that you thought about the client from the moment they drove in. Yeah. You know, and I think about the salon too. We have a, a cleaning person who comes and cleans our salon every week. And what I like about um, what what you said is that it's true because when I would go to restaurants, I'm like that client that is at a restaurant and I'm like, they have a lot of buckets. They have a lot of chair. They have a lot of stuff. And if I see, if I see like the wine bottles that I'm looking at and if there's dust on there's a specific restaurant, it's called Artavino's, and that restaurant is so clean, so, mm-hmm. so clean, okay, tons of wine bottles, okay, I can only imagine one is that they have someone there cleaning all of the wine bottles all the time, and if it's clean here in the front, it's probably really clean in the back while they're cooking my food. Mm, yeah, right, right, but if they care about out here, then they got to care about in the back. Yeah, so to me, that isn't, that is something that I look at, because I always wanted to see like how our salon should look like because salon world is kind of crazy our boutique I would say is and by no means we've had people come in here and our salon is like super clean but on a really 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 busy day and hairdressers are busy there's color bowls and yes. the shampoo bowl it's nuts right okay, on a busy Saturday right it could be nuts but our boutique and that's when I learned the two different business models is that this the in-store salon is always clean we have to dust it the clothes is always organized it's very pretty it's always put together but on Saturdays I know that everyone has to make sure to clean up their stations constantly all day long because it can be a nightmare when you have a million hairdressers and you're grabbing a color bowl and oh gosh right so um yeah I think high-end has to have a price tag right because first of all certain things cost more money you know, even talking about the cleanliness, like you're hiring a cleaner and like, as a business, you have to be compensated for the money you're putting out in one way or another. So I do think, I don't think we are the ones who necessarily, I mean, put the price tag on it, but there's a, there's a price tag to it. Like, I don't think you could go and get a high end haircut for $10. Like I just, you wouldn't be able, the, the owner would not be able to sustain that. Well, and you also think like with people who are paying for parking lots, I have an adjustable cam on both locations, meaning like if the month, that month, the company of the, the owners, if they have to get their people to come clean it a lot more then our bill is higher for oh. our cam that month. Yeah. yeah so they have like once a week and they'll come in but when they're slower they're slower months and there's not a lot of cars parking and a lot of things and there's not as many people coming in working cutting the grass and doing all that all the salon owners all of us we all pay for it it's just we either have a set cam or an adjustable cam and in our city both locations are adjustable which means I can call them and say hey you know what the guys didn't come out this week they didn't throw the trash away in the parking lot like they didn't clean the stuff for on, you know, it doesn't look pretty out here. Right. Which sounds like an HOA in it, right? HOA. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it seems like it, but, um, which I love, we pay that in our, in our, I just think I, I'm, I'm a type of person. We just moved into a, a, a home where it's all HOA fees. So mm-hmm. like the yard has to look clean. It has to be a cut a certain way. I, <laughs> I did. I didn't realize that until you asked me, 
like, I guess I do think about those things all the time. Yeah. I mean, but that, and that's the things that you value. Like I could give a shit about my grass. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I care about a million other things that you might not care about. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that, I think for people listening, like just the whole point of this is like, everyone values things differently, period. Uh, yeah. And we cannot say whether their values are good or bad, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that changing the verbiage is huge. I, I will say one of my biggest pet peeves, and you tell me how you feel about this too, is seeing like a Facebook group and somebody posting, where can I get my hair done for cheap? And I, I hate hearing that because one, you get a million people raving about their hairstylist, right? But what does cheap mean to this person? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, instead of saying like, where can I find a hairstylist for cheap? Why don't you say, Hey, where can I find a hairstylist? I'd like some highlights and this is my budget. You know what I mean? Rather, cause what does cheap mean? Do you want a $10 haircut? Maybe a hundred is cheap to you. Like what, what, like, first of all, you're downplaying the stylist one, yeah. which bothers me Two, yeah. like nobody knows what cheap means to you. Because mm-hmm. I have an aunt who walks in, in a, a renovated house, a, a house she's renovating. She flips houses and she's like, oh, that's basically free. And she's talking about like a $2,000 project. Like to me, I'm like, that's not basically free, but okay. <laughs> but to her, it is. So it's the same thing to her. $2,000 could be cheap. <laughs> yes. And I think as, I just think like stuff like that, like I understand where, where your aunt is coming from, but also as people doing business with large people, I would, and we can't, she's saying it because you're, your family. Right. And that's mm. so cool. No, um, she'd say, she'd say it to anybody, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I, I feel like now I just, I, I, I want to be more cautious in how I say things because there's so many people who are in different wavelengths and I never want to be super insulting. And because your money is important to me. And I think that is what, what I'm trying to say is that no matter what, I am a person who's an entrepreneur and no matter where I go, I'm talking about my business. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about, about Elizabeth. I'm talking about the things that I'm in. Um, and I love that stuff about who I am in my core person and my, my biggest high power self, right. I'm thinking about all those things, but I also never want to be like, well, like, never want to be insulting because could you ever imagine us not saying that we couldn't afford the programs that we would join, we would join. Right. I mean, we, we, we put value into those things and we don't think about those price tags. We don't think about it. And we, and even if we don't have the money, we make it work because we know that there's value in it. And we know that those things are going to bring more money in the future. And I think yes. that that's su- when it comes to investing in yourself, I think that's super important to understand. Yes, I think so too. And I think, I think in different aspects. So, right. So the comment that I said about the couch to me, when I saw the couch, I thought, oh, okay, well the couch to me, that couch that you spend $6,000 on is beautiful, beautiful. But I know that I'm going to personally spend $2,000 on a couch for myself, you know, that's what I truly think would be amazing for me, but it's my, but I would never say that. And I'm not going to, those things you don't say, you know, right, right. <laughs> the couch is not important to me. I'm never home. So I think that that also comes from, from different adjustments, you know, yeah. and I, I mean, my wife is like a money person mm-hmm. and, 
and we didn't grow up very we're not where we were initially so she's like she was really the person who was like hey you know what like as we continue to grow make make sure that you know that costs somebody somebody money it's respectful you know and so let's be careful on some of the things that you know we do and I'm like oh okay that's true I never even thought of it that way never Mm-mm. no I had never I never would have thought about it until it really puts it in your own perspective and it changes I mean you become you grow yeah hundred percent a hundred percent I think that money mindset is never ending in my opinion never no never because you're gonna we're gonna we're going to we're going to adjust into what we need to be in for those things you know because I guess another good example is that we never think how much how much um, medicine is right? Mm. I personally do. Not. We just go swipe the card because we know we need the the medicine, right? But, um, you know, six, seven, ten years ago, having my son who was born with chronic asthma, a three hundred dollar machine. Like, okay, so I went to go buy. Okay, this is good, another good example. I went to go buy a machine for my son two days ago. Okay, the machine was seventy dollars. Okay, but I hadn't bought one since we're, we didn't make as much money so, so many years ago, we just bought a new machine, right? But that $70 machine right now, I remember it being $700, right? Was it really $700 or did it feel like $700? It $700. Felt like it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know, but I just thought, holy moly, maybe because I'm on this like whole new journey, right? So I'm like, maybe it wasn't that maybe to me, it was very expensive because I didn't have that money for that machine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you just have to be careful with that stuff because you don't know. We just don't know. People are spending money. Like people work really hard to buy their medicine. Right. People right. work very hard to buy clothes. People work very hard to buy these luxury items and these things and invest in you. So I just always trying to say like, we got to be respectful with money. One, we got to be respectful on how we say things Two, And it doesn't matter what price point we're at. It was important to them when they bought it. It was important to them. They love it. So we're not going to put a price tag on it. We're not going to, we're just going to say, you love it. That's great. We love it too. You know, yeah. like we support your purchase <laughs> and we're not going to you know? shame, shame price tags because no. that, that's, I think something else that happens in our industry, especially is like, Oh wait, they charge how much? Like, okay. Like their clients value their, them like, and that's what they, it is what it is. And I think that's another thing, like on the other side of it is, is price tag shaming is not okay. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know the situation. You don't know it. You don't know anything. Nobody knows anything about anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's so true. Like we have all these perceptions of what we think like everyone's life is, but nobody knows. We see like a two second reel every day on, you know what I mean? And nobody really knows what's happening. So it's like shaming people for what they're purchasing, what they're buying. And this includes shaming yourself, right? Like. It's not okay. We have to work through it because at the end of the day, if you're looking at what someone else is doing and and shaming them, what, why is it jealousy? Is it, do you wish you could charge that much? Like there's something behind it that is actually about you and it's not about them. And I think that that's really important to understand as well. I think you sound like such a philosopher. I love it. I feel like, (laughs) 
I feel like this is, it's so true because we just, you, you don't really know, you know, you don't really know. And I think just like putting those, those whys in like, okay, why did that video make you feel like this? You know, you don't really know. So why are you thinking like this? You know, what makes you feel like this when you look at this? Like when you start asking yourself those core questions, you're like, okay, it's none of my fucking business anyways. Why do I care? Like be booked, be busy and (laughs) keep it moving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's been one of my biggest growth things is when I'm upset about something, I don't look at what the person or whatever I'm seeing that's upsetting me is doing. I think of why is this upsetting me internally, you know, because I think that that's huge jealousy. For example, this is something I heard recently. That's very interesting. Jealousy is actually, or I'm sorry, resentment is actually jealousy. So like when you resent somebody or something, there's some aspect of it that you actually like desire. Mm. And if you think about it, think about any time you've been jealous, maybe you're jealous that your friend goes on vacation or whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. You know, why, why is that? Because you want to go on vacation. You desire that vacation. It has nothing to do with your friend. You want to go there. I want to do that. Like, you know, and I thought that was really interesting because really almost anything you can go, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? They're not making me feel this way. I mean, maybe there's actions that bring on feelings, but but what is going on within myself that is making me, you know, question stuff or feel jealous or be angry or be frustrated, you know? Yeah. No, I, um, I think, I think about those things. And, and I think just like with the, like the frustrated part and stuff too, I was seeing a therapist, um, a year ago or started seeing it during COVID. I started seeing a therapist and the therapist tells me, I got in there and I was so frustrated. She's like, well, why are you frustrated? I'm like, well, it's because I had to go get coffee and I had to go drop off my son at school. And, you know, everybody was running late, but I really wanted to be here on time. And I, and she was like, well, why don't you just say no? Like, why are you frustrated? Just say no to certain things. And I was like, holy moly, I can say no. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and so for me, I was like, oh, that was so groundbreaking for me to just be like, Oh, you're frustrated because you went to go get coffee. You didn't need to go get coffee for anybody in the household. You did not. You could have said, hey, honey, you go take Landon to school today. I have an an important meeting today. Go take Landon to school. So those core things where I started writing them down, like why they were making me feel the way, like frustrated. I was like, holy moly, life changer. So if someone says, I want to go to my or my son recently can you take me to go with my friends I can't drive there you drive me no not today I work all day tired no it's not gonna happen you know it was very alarming Sarah Marie is is one of my favorite quotes that she always says is when you say when you say yes to something you're saying no to something else oh I love that yeah and I really like that because it's very true you know Cause sometimes you're just, if you say yes to getting the coffee, you're saying no to your time, you know, like, so yeah. So I love this. I, this is good. So good, Sam. Um, I have one more question before we end this, this recording. So this is the question I ask everyone that comes on. Sam, what does a cash confident stylist mean to you? Oh gosh. Hmm. So deep. Okay. Um, I feel like cash confidence. Hmm. 
Okay. I think that it just, it means that when you can make your decisions financially, right. Or just your choices that when you're not going to think about them later, you're going to feel good about them. It's going to feel confident for you. You're not going to feel like it's hurting anyone. It feels, and it feels, and it doesn't take away, right. It, it feeds your life. And I think that is super important with every purchase I think I make for me, my family, anyone, like if it's going to bring us together, if it's going to feel good, if it feels good for me as I look into the mirror or as I'm walking around, because I don't want anyone to be looking at the mirror all day long. Right. But if you're wearing it and you feel good about it, I feel like that's important. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that is really, really, really helpful I hope I answered that correctly yeah no there's no wrong answer it's there's no wrong answer I love that answer that's awesome Sam thank you so much where can everyone find you where can they find your online store like give all the information the salon anything anything you want you want people to come and stalk you on go for it Okay, so my personal IG is Samantha N. Landon um, on IG and on TikTok. But really, you can find me online at yournewimage.com. And all social medias are under Your New Image. And I'm probably linked to all of them anyways. So you can just go there and find my personal if you want to follow me there. And yeah, you, that's how you can find me. Perfect. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well. So it's nice and easy to find. Sam, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I love, love, love. Of course. Anytime. (laughs) Goodbye, guys. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.